Hello mortals, we are your Valkyries, Miss Charlie and Miss Darby, and we are two prim and proper princesses. Just like you, you nasty girl. We will be discussing our experiences and opinions on sex work, art, and the erotic taboo counterculture we just can't stop talking about. We are currently recording and transmitting this episode from our opulent spaceship of fiendish fun. Welcome to the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underage, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. So surprise, surprise, we are recording this episode together um, in person, which is so exciting. So if it's not, you know... I feel like there might be some times where we talk over each other, and we just can't cut that out because we're really both here. Yeah, it's so good, and we love that, we so love it's great. We love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode, we are going to be talking about something that uh, we are big sticklers about, which is etiquette within the club. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is a two-part episode, so the first one, this one, we're going to be focusing on etiquette as a dancer. and. Of course, as always, we always love feedback. So if you have your favorite etiquette rules, I mean, send them our way. We want to hear them. These are just the etiquette rules that we follow and were taught to us and that we think are important and pretty much apply to every situation that we've been in. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it's helpful and interesting to you. Uh, Let us know what you think. In our next etiquette episode, then we'll do our customer one. But I don't think that etiquette... uh, backstage is talked about very much in strip clubs yeah definitely like what to do if you're a customer but not what to do if you're a dancer Mm -hmm. so that is what we'll be focusing on oh yeah why don't you start us off Uh. miss darby oh i will oh you will (laughs) one of the things that we learned at the first club that we worked at was was the etiquette of the inside of the club and i think that one of the big misconceptions especially if you come in as a baby stripper is you're just there, you're making money and it's all about just making money, making money, making money. But it's not always apparent in the beginning about how important it is to have relationships with the girls that you work with. And I mean, working relationships. So we actually ended up having a, I mean, I guess it was mostly me, but, uh, There was like a situation where the other girls that we were working with felt like the energy that was being brought to the club when we were there was like party energy and it wasn't spend money energy and it wasn't spend money on everybody energy. And of course, that was totally going over our head. We were not aware or understanding of that. And I and I had a veteran dancer actually pull me aside and call me out. And at the time, I was really embarrassed and angry uh because it was embarrassing and I hated feeling like all these women that I really respected and liked were upset with me but at the same time it was one of the best experiences and I've always felt really grateful for it because I don't think it was pleasant for her to do it either and and it was just something that has kind of proven to be just a good a good lesson moving forward so 
kind of getting out of that baby stripper phase is a really big part of learning dancer etiquette. And I think it's a big part of, you know, figuring out how to make money with other girls that you're working with and how to create a positive environment in the club that you're working in, which is always awesome because if you have a positive environment with the club you're working in, then everybody is having a good time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you'd agree, right? Yeah, absolutely. And how, how far into your dance career did you have that conversation? I think it was only like two weeks. Yeah, because I was going to say I, I wasn't, I don't think I was dancing yet. You weren't dancing yet? You were still cocktailing? Yeah. Yeah, then I think because I think it was uh, Scarlett and I were the ones that were there. Yeah. And I mean, essentially, she just set me straight on what I had done wrong, what I should do next time, and explained how it affected all of the other people and why that was not a good thing. Do you remember any any specifics, like, or I guess general general points that she was talking about? Yeah, so she was talking about that, you know, we were sitting with these guys for mm-hmm. the majority of the time. It was a slow night. It was a Wednesday. I think we used to work Wednesdays. And, you know, we're taking shots of tequila. We're drinking. We were probably drinking too much. And we were having a really fun time, but they weren't spending money. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. we were just being distracting. And we're sitting at the stage with them, and they're, like, tipping, but it wasn't, like, oh, tip my friend, she's so beautiful, tip her, tip her, tip her, and kind of and kind of having this energy be about spend money, spend money, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and like sharing, and it wasn't intentional at all. Right. Uh, but I wasn't understanding, like, how that relationship worked between me and them. I saw it more as, like, being just a super competitive environment where it's like, well, I'm sitting with these customers, and we're doing some dances, and we're spending money. It's a Wednesday. Like, what do people expect? Um, and then, you know – it's kind of up to them to figure out like how to I, – I guess it's up to them to kind of get in on it or, or to find their own customers sort of. Yeah. And at the same time – but then understanding after she had talked to me about it that really it was it was a group effort and we can have an awesome Wednesday night. We don't have to have 100 people in the bar. You know, it takes one person, right, to make your night. And that – Nobody was kind of getting that opportunity, including me and Scarlett, because we weren't focused on making money and yeah. making the most money that we could make. Right, right, you know? right. And no, there, there's definitely that transition, I think, that can be hard because it is a it is simulating a party environment, mm-hmm. right, where people are supposed to come in, people are supposed to have fun, you're hanging out with guys, you're flirting with them, and so it can... I think if you're new, if you're not paying attention, it could just feel like, you know, you're going out to the club mm-hmm. and you're 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 dancing, guys are complimenting you, you're having a fun time, you're having a party. Um and you're supposed to as your job facilitate that mm-hmm. environment to create a good workspace, mm-hmm. you know, while you're working. But I, I I know what you're talking about is 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 not just hanging out and chatting. And, yeah, and having a having a good time. Yeah, and if they if they want to dance with us, then it's about making sure that the girls on stage are, you know, getting tipped and yeah. that it's a respect thing. And that I think is was the most important thing. Um, mm. So I mean, we've kind of mentioned this before. We've used the term, and, and if you dance, obviously, and you're listening to this podcast, then you know what a baby stripper is. But for those of, of you that don't. A baby stripper is just someone who's like new in the industry and some people never grow out of this phase. But I would say that generally baby strippers are really self-centered and self-involved. They have kind of this uh, 
I'm hot shit and, you know, fuck everybody else sort of attitude. Um, they're just not paying attention to etiquette rules because they're just, they're just figuring it out. It's just kind of like, even most of the time people get hired and you throw them to the wolves. The clubs do, and there's no training. There's nobody there to necessarily walk them through the right way to do things and Mm -hmm. how certain actions are perceived. And every club has a different culture. Everybody, every club has a different community. So we were lucky to start in a club where they did do that, which was great. Um, and then when you kind of get out of your baby stripper phase, you're seeing the whole picture and you kind of also are understanding that while we are all special, wonderful, beautiful women, you're also not that special and you need to, you know, play the game and play it well. And that the $200 that you were so excited to make because it felt like so much money because you've been working for minimum wage for the last, you know, five years is not that much money when you're stripping. And so you're basically just wasting opportunity for other people and for you because you're giving too much for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what, whatever that is. So I don't know. I guess what – do you have any other baby stripper traits? <laughs> I mean – no, I mean, I think that that's it. I, I felt thankful because I felt coming into it, you – I, I guess I didn't know that, that you had already been talked to about this, but I felt like you were already helping me out because, like you said, nobody's there to say, this is how you hustle. I mean, you can find YouTube videos and stuff, but it's very different club to club. Like, every mm-hmm. club is unique in how they 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 do everything, how they do their tip rounds, how they do their lap dances, how girls interact, and just, like, the mood, the vibe of the club mm-hmm. and the girls who are already there. There is a dynamic between the girls who have been there for a long time and their customers. And that all just takes time to figure out. Um, it's actually really great because I feel like you are a veteran, I guess, in some of the places you've worked. Like you've oh, been yeah. there for a while mm-hmm. where I've always worked in short spurts. And so I feel like everywhere that I've been, I've always been more of like the new girl. So I never really feel settled in a spot. And so I'm always trying to come in from like understanding that I don't understand the dynamic and not trying to step on anybody's toes because the last thing I want is to go into an environment where I'm already fucking myself over by getting people who are who are there, who are established and have a client base upset at me. Mm-hmm. But I, I was really nice coming into our first place and you were already saying like, oh, this is already kind of what I understand. This is how you dance. This is – or give a lap dance. This is how you – you know, a good way to work this group of people, you know, or like, you know – at the new club that I've been working at with you, what's also was really nice is you can give me a little insider knowledge to the customers as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that all of that that helps. Like, oh, this person usually only talks to this person, or or they don't really like dances, or da 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 da. Yeah, you know? or they'll tip you for sitting with them, or they yeah. only buy drinks. I've never seen them do a dance. You yeah, know? and and I think like talking about what you're saying as a baby stripper. Is, is going into an environment and realizing that those things exist and mm-hmm. not just assuming that, I don't know. Yeah. You know everything. You know everything. Just because you can wear a bikini and yeah. you can spin around the pool. And unfortunately, you're in a place with a lot of hot girls that mm-hmm. are all naked. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know. So one of the things that we definitely had to learn at our first club was the unspoken rules of the club. And we kind of would say that these are like, you know, this is – the you know dancer etiquette and and it's like there's the rules of the club and then there's 
the rules Mm -hmm. of the club and Mm -hmm. the manager is going to give you the sheet of paper or whatever point at the poster and it's going to have you know what they care about but then there's the culture of the environment and there's all these different perspectives between you know between different places where it's the girl's perspective on rules with other girls rules with customers Mm -hmm. and like you kind of have those rules versus your own personal rules so if you're new to a club I mean one of the things that we've kind of always relied on is taking the first shift if not you know a couple shifts to I mean work make your money but also just be watching and paying attention to how other girls are doing it and how it's working for them and see the girls maybe that it's that whatever they're doing is not working for them and what is the layout or the hierarchy or you know I don't know kind of figure out the lay of the land especially this is going to be a home club versus if you're just there for the weekend, right. I mean, and you kind of breeze in and you do the best that you can to not step on people's toes, but you're there to make your money and then you're on to the next place. But if you're looking to establish yourself in a place, I think that sometimes personally a slow approach is a good way because it's – you're kind of getting the lay of the land um, and showing respect, not just like jumping in, stepping on toes, making a big mess, getting people pissed off at you. I mean, I know that the small clubs that we've worked at, the first one that we ever worked at – and then the one that I work at now, it's a small environment where I see new girls come in all the time mm. and they are disrespectful and rude and they don't think it's going to come back around and they just don't last very long because, you know, it just it just doesn't work. They don't have a good time. And if all the girls decide they don't like you because you're stepping on toes and doing this and doing that, then it's kind of over. So I just think it's better to take kind of like a slow approach to kind of see, yeah, the lay of the land. I think we talked about this a little bit in another episode where we said it, it's important to have a good relationship with the DJs and the bouncers, you know, mm-hmm. relatively where, you know, even if you don't have a very good, you know, one-on-one that you're you're tipping them or, you know, establishing some sort of relationship. But I think it's the same thing, obviously, with your, your coworkers, the other dancers, you don't have to be everybody's best friend, Mm-mm. but it's important to understand like who is important within the club culture. Like who's their short term? Who's their long term? Mm-hmm. You don't want to step on anybody's toes, but you especially want to be careful because the girls that have been there longer have a say and they can turn everybody else against you. And and even though, I mean, I guess it's like, you know, a competitive environment, but these are the people that you're going to come back and work with every single night. Mm-hmm. And th- that changes, you know, whether you're having a good time or a horrible time. Yeah, it's just more fun if everybody can just have a good – if for the most part, everybody can have a good working relationship. Yeah. And even though, of course, we'd all like to say, oh, it's kumbaya, girl power, we all need to uplift each other, the reality of the situation is that just doesn't – that whether mm-hmm. they're – it doesn't matter. Working environments, there's always people who just clash, who just don't get along. And with the added competitiveness of, like, money – and alcohol. And alcohol, exactly. Like, it's just... And people get, like, possessive of their customers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. And, or, pos- I mean, possessive of their money. Mm-hmm. If somebody thinks you took a dollar and you didn't take it and they are convinced you did, they might lash out at you. Mm-hmm. They might, I mean, and if they're drinking, they might try to hit you. You know, you don't know. You don't know. It's you kind just of... don't know. Clubs are already kind of a volatile environment because of the nature of them. So... My rule, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially because I'm usually more new, is to be polite and fade into the background. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I do. I just would rather that 
most people don't don't you know have anything to say I just am nice and polite and yeah. I make sure that if I'm sitting with a customer and they come by I always sit, give them a compliment and if so they tip them I'd be like oh well don't you want to tip them again you know mm-hmm. you always try to make sure that like you're given a little like giving the customer that you're with a little push to tip them more and if they ever want to do a double like I've had a couple times where they're like oh well maybe we should do somebody else and I'm always like yeah let's do it let's get that other girl in there because it's important for that girl but I think it's also important to show that you're, you're a team player that you're a team player that you're mm-hmm. willing to say like look it's about all of us making money mm-hmm yeah, and we're really big on the fact, the idea that there's enough money to go around. I know, like, some people mm. approach it differently, but I mean, just working in small clubs where there, it just kind of has like that weird family feeling, well, dysfunctional family feeling. It's like everybody can have a good night, you know, everybody can, there's enough money, and we can all just create a really great positive environment if we're all kind of on the same page of, yeah, the girl's doing her tip round. Yes, give her more money. Oh my gosh, babe, you look so beautiful. Isn't she gorgeous? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I love her. She's, mm-hmm. you know, such a good girl. Or like, you know, and customers always want to try to talk shit and 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 I don't know, like get in on the drama and just kind of stopping that. And even if it's a girl you don't like, you know, doing your best to just, you know, say, oh, well, I think she's a great dancer or she's, you know, super graceful or I always love the way she does her hair. I mean, you can find something positive to say about almost everyone. So I don't know. I think the main thing is that if it's – if you approach with that attitude, then everybody, the other girls, yourself, and the customers are all having um, yeah. a, a good time. And kind of learning those unspoken rules of the club can come from asking other dancers about it that are working there or just observing and kind of seeing how things go. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with – like, I don't understand girls that get frustrated when they're like, well, this this you know, this you girl's ignoring me or I'm doing my tip rounds and, you know, she always acts like she's irritated. It's like just ask. Just say with, you know, some humbleness. Like, you know, let me know if I'm doing something wrong. Mm. I mean, we work at a – right now where we're at, it's a really quirky place. So yes. this might not apply to every situation, but – I think that there's just nuances that every club does have that it's kind of good to try to understand and pick up on those things because I don't know, you're just going to make more money and feel comfortable faster like once you kind of get the the lay mm-hmm. of the lay of the land. So one of the other things and we talked about this before too is also like what rules you give yourself when entering um, a club. So I don't know if you want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that just really pertains to personal boundaries and making sure you maintain those. Now, in a club environment, it can be very hard because your boundaries are, are always being pushed. Um, and then each club kind of has its own boundaries that it sets. So there's what's on paper and then it's what all the girls do. So we've definitely mm-hmm. worked in places before where they say, oh, it's a no-touching club or it's a this type of club, it's that type of club. And then once you see what the other girls are doing, you're like, oh, nobody's following those rules. They're following this separate set of rules that mm-hmm. they've created. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's finding what that is. And honestly, I feel like if you're actually just a good listener, you can pretty easily find out. Mm-hmm. Locker room talk is real. Super, super talkative girls just chatting away, talking about everything. I feel like if you give them something like, oh, so what are the rules here? Like, do you have any tips for me? For the most part, I feel like if they look friendly, 
a lot of girls like to just be like, oh, well, da 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 and they'll like talk about everything. And, you know, if you get a couple people to, to speak, you can kind of um, figure out roughly how everybody does it. And then on top of that, what are you personally comfortable with and creating that strong boundary for yourself. And those might I mean, I'm not saying that they need to shift with each club, but you do need to understand what the expectation is in each club because those are also what the customer is expecting. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you have to shift your boundaries, but you also understand what the expectation is of the club. Like maybe you're not comfortable with somebody like kissing your body, but all the other girls do that. Then you need to know that the customers already have a set expectation that's okay. And you just need to know going into your dances, you have to set that that boundary at the beginning of each dance like yeah you can touch me but you can't kiss me that is something that you can't do and if they do that you you say no yeah so you know I definitely have noticed that uh that can create a huge issue within the club within the girls environment is if they feel like somebody is disrespecting the club boundaries yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I know uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, so when we when we worked at our first club basically <laughs> That was a uh, very vague way of saying what I am trying to get at. No, 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 no. It was good. It was good. Like the first club we worked at, basically, uh the example is they told us, Oh, the dances are no contact and they're all twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. And we were like, Okay, cool. And then we started working and we're seeing girls letting guys like touch them, like not, you know, just like their boobs and their asses and their, and their legs and their back. Yeah. And we were like Okay, so what's the, the actual The role? actual expectation is that guys are allowed to touch your body like pretty mildly, right? They can yeah. they can rub your, their hands along along your skin. Yeah, for but it but the girls were all charging $40. So if we didn't understand that there's girls that would come in that were new and they were just like coming from other clubs and other environments, other states, like, okay, $20 dance to touching dance. And all of us were like, no, 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 no. We charge 40 here for touching dances. Oh, well, that's not what the manager said. Yeah, the manager didn't say that. That's our rules. And if mm-hmm. we all adhere to that, then that means that there is a standard for the customers and that's the expectation. But if somebody comes in and all of a sudden is doing touching dances for $20, it kind of ruins the the flow. We can all be making a lot of money. Let's mm-hmm, just keep mm-hmm. making a lot of money mm-hmm. instead of undercutting ourselves. So that's definitely something that is is part of that understanding what the behind the scenes rules are and and how to navigate those. And then just like uh, Charlie said, is always making sure that you're coming back to what your own rules are when you're entering in the club. And, and finding out a way to kind of mesh the two. And that's also part of finding a, a club that fits you because I've definitely worked mm-hmm. in clubs where I was like, oh, this club has different boundaries and I don't fit in this in this situation. Totally. And that's also yeah. totally fine. Yeah. And also depending on the clubs they wor- you work at. So the club that we're at now, it doesn't – I feel like it was much more way in the, our first club where you could easily upcharge mm-hmm. for services, yeah. right? And if you were not – if you weren't working within that system, that's when issue was found. Yeah. So I don't know how it is at your club now, but it doesn't seem to be that same sort of environment because no. it's more – the lap dance rooms are more isolated. Yeah. So nobody's looking at you. Nobody's seeing it. It's like you run your money the way you run your money. And when? there's there's certain ways that you can you can 
fuck up that those boundaries, those club boundaries, mm-hmm. but it's it's different. So I think that like it it's hard because each one is very different. At our first club, you know, if you did want to do more, if you did want to push that, if you did want to stretch your boundaries, it was more about upcharging up for it. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, at your club, I'm not sure how that's addressed. Like, if you want to keep going, like, keep pushing it. Well, the club we're at now, they're on the cameras. Oh, right. So there's yeah. nothing really beyond, like, we do, we do do touching dances. So really, they do watch us and make sure that we're kind of, like, staying in the yeah. legal boundaries of the state that we're in yeah. versus the last you can't place. You can't sneak anything. Where no. You could easily sneak stuff at the last club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but we, like, we so knew when girls were doing – Upcharging. Interesting things. <laughs> yeah, which I mean we were about it. Yeah. So we liked we, – we, we were fine that was existing. That's, that's fine. Like, I don't mind. Yeah. So it, so it just was uh, – yeah, it's definitely different. Every club is definitely different. And that's another thing too is like if you are comfortable doing – Doing, I hate to use the word extras, I guess, but like doing more than a dance, than a dance. Yeah, you have to make sure that you're really careful about the club that you're in because uh, some clubs are really, really, really strict, and you could end up finding yourself in trouble or getting fired or whatever, and you have to run that kind of differently. But that's kind of another conversation. Um, the next thing is kind of. When coming into the into a new club is having respect for like the OGs and the veterans that have been there. Mm-hmm. And one thing that Charlie experienced, especially when you were dancing on the West Coast, was like having a specific spot like in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. So we had a limited number of lockers that the girls could use to put their bags in. But it, they were only reserved for the girls that had been there long term because they, you know, had earned their spot. So if you were a new girl or if you were just there for less time than any of those other girls, it's like once they were full, they were full. Mm-hmm. And that was the end. And a lot of the girls had even – I mean, they'd been there so long, they'd like put their names on it and all kinds of stuff. They usually had padlocks, um, which is still pretty common, you know, at other clubs. But they were definitely personalized lockers. And if you didn't have a locker space, you just put your stuff on the floor or you put your stuff somewhere else. And there was a night where a new girl, she'd been there for, I don't know, a week or two, had come in and snagged one of these lockers. It, the padlock wasn't on it, but it was it was clearly marked. And even if it wasn't clearly marked, when a dressing room is only so big, or even, even if it's not, like even with yours, it's quite large, I still mm-hmm. wanted to make sure my stuff was going in the right spot because mm-hmm. people have specific places and the longer you've been there, the more you are kind of, you know, tied to this is how I do it. I've earned my place. No one's supposed to fuck with where I put my shit. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm if there's only a couple spots available in front of a mirror and I put mine here every time, but I've been here for six years, no one's supposed to touch it. Mm-hmm. And this this new girl came in, put her stuff in this girl's locker. The girl came in. I mean, she wasn't being polite, but she wasn't being mean. She was being pretty understandable, but she just said, this is my spot. You need to move. And this girl went off on her. And, of course, the chick who'd been there the longest, and this girl had been there for a long time, like 15 years, started, like, swinging and Mm -hmm. punched her in the face. And management is not going to back up the new girl. They're going to back up the girl who's been there forever, who brings in all the customers, who has – 
you know, say and wait in the club. Mm -hmm. And also, let's say that that fight got resolved and this girl (laughs) didn't get asked to leave, which she did. Then you're coming into an environment where not only is the most, like, senior dancer hate you, but everybody that she has a friendship with or an alliance with or any of the bouncers, you know, that she's whispering to, now they all don't like you either. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just creates, makes it harder. Yeah, it just creates, a like, not an easy environment to try to make money in. Yeah, and managers don't always understand all of that stuff very 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 rarely so they might say oh go put your stuff in the back yeah anywhere you want oh if there's a locker open you can take one and but that's not that those aren't the ways it's actually run in the back so it's kind of better to be safe than sorry better to ask hey uh is this anybody's spot you know is it okay if i use this locker and then the girls will just they'll they'll just tell you they'll tell you yeah because they don't want you to take the wrong spot absolutely but um I would say whether it's a big club or a small club, um, at the first place we ever worked, there was a counter with a mirror that was really long and it wrapped around the room, Mm -hmm. but everybody had a spot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of – there was some girls who had a specific place and then the girls who kind of filled in. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't want to go in and just, like, take one of their places because they would come in and they would just tell you to fucking move. They would just move your shit. Yeah. They would just move your shit. Yeah. Or they'd throw it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And you're never going to win that fight. Well, when we started, we asked. We're like, is it okay if we put it here? And one of the other girls was really nice. And she's like, oh, that's actually so-and-so's spot. Why don't you guys put your stuff here? Nobody's over there. And then that yeah. became our spot. Yeah, and, and that's where we always put our every stuff. Every week, yeah. We always put our stuff in the same place. Mm-hmm. And it was never it was never fucked with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Where are we? Girls with customers. <laughs> oh. Because we kind of went over the other stuff already. Oh. Let's see. Don't fuck with girls' money. Knowledge your chances with customers. Oh, we kind of talked about this. Okay. A little bit, right? Uh, oh, what? Is, wait, what is borrow is fine, but don't. I mean, we can kind of go over this briefly. I was just trying to remember what this says. I think we can kind of talk about. Let's just go over like. Um, oh yeah, we we, we already kind of said already this. talked about like dynamics. Yeah. Uh, oh, we could talk about a very easy one. Plus, uh, a really easy. Dancer etiquette. Guys are going to ask your name constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys ask a lot of personal things constantly because of the environment, because everything's kind of anonymous. You, you want to open that? Yes. You can open it. I'm sorry. Okay, no, no, I'm no. done. No, it's okay. I'll just wait. Sorry. No. My mouth was so dry. Okay, I'm done. Uh, because of, I don't know, because it's, I guess it's, in a way, very anonymous, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also very personal because you're naked or mostly naked. I feel like guys will just ask you like point blank a bunch of very personal questions. Like, mm-hmm. what's this tattoo? Like, why are you here? Why do you have that piercing? Why did you do this? I don't like your hair, blah, blah, blah. Like, they'll tell you or ask you anything they want. And there's like very little filter. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's really up to you what you tell them about your own personal self. I think that there is a level of anonymity that is safe. And mm-hmm. I feel like when I have seen other girls who just give out all their personal information, it feels really weird. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, oh, yeah, the customers all know her real name and they know her that she has kids. And she pulled out her phone and started scrolling through all the photos and talked about her husband and her dog to just like – some guy who came in once, it feels really, really strange. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) 
it's I, it's it's not only just like for safety is how do you I don't know how to explain why it's so important because you don't know who these people are and they're taking you out of context out of like being a real human and putting you into like this other category and once you're in this other category you're dehumanized in a certain way mm-hmm. and and it's just good to keep that level that buffer you know and so i'd say that there is a certain level that of 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 distance that is just healthy to keep in how much you tell people about your personal information you know i it, when people ask me where i'm from i'll give them a city i'll generally give them like a neighboring city but i never give anything more than that mm-hmm. you know they don't need to know that and i'll give them general information or i'll make up something that sounds relatively you know similar but mm-hmm. i would say the number one thing is do not give your real name like, there's no reason that somebody needs to know your real name. There's no reason that they need to maybe find you on Facebook. Like, that's the last thing I want from any customer is to know what my holiday photos look like. Yeah, and everybody has their own boundaries. And I think that, like, figuring out, like, what those are for you and understanding that if you tell somebody your real name, it's pretty easy to find you with algorithms and Instagram. And you give your phone mm-hmm. number and your phone's connected to everything, you're going to start getting – suggestions of customers on your personal pages and I mean and that's everybody has to kind of figure out how they want to monitor their digital life and their real life and whether or not you care about anonymity but whatever it is that you decide that your boundary is it's most important that you're not betraying somebody else Mm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if I hear another girl talk to a customer about her ex-husband or her divorce or something that's just really personal, her children or her family or whatever. And another customer says, oh, so-and-so, isn't she the one blah, blah, blah? I just always act dumb like I don't know. I don't know how old anybody is. I don't know if anybody has a boyfriend. I don't know if anybody has kids. I don't know where anybody lives. I don't know anything. These are all my friends at work and we hang out sometimes, but like we don't really know. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like – it's just it's just not it's it's not your story to tell and I think sometimes we get comfortable with customers that come in all the time or we get comfortable with the other girls we're like oh well she talks about this all the time so like I'm not saying anything that she wouldn't say the point is that she's not the one saying it and that's a really easy way to piss off other girls that you work with and also kind of betray someone even I mean I would hope I would like to think that people aren't doing that intentionally but yeah. What you hear in the locker room, what you hear other girls say to other customers or between each other is just that. It's their business and it's not yours and it's just better to try to not spread that because you never know like who you could be putting at risk. I mean, we've had girls that, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I think she lives in, you know, she lives in such and such neighborhood or, oh, yeah, she's the one that – like a, a guy could be like, oh, what kind of car does she drive? Is she the one that has the the red Corvette? And, she, and the girl's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We love her car. Da, 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 da. And then you don't know if that person is asking for information that may seem benign to you, but is actually being used for some nefarious purpose. You just yeah. don't know. Or or just somebody being like, oh, what neighbor – especially around here where mm. I feel like everything's so close. Somebody asked, like, where I was staying with you. Like, mm. oh, what neighborhood are you in? And I just – I mean, obviously, that's more personal. It's pertaining to me. But I just said, oh, I, I don't really know anything about here. Yeah. But that's you. But obviously, if you're dealing with anybody else, you don't mm. want to share any personal information. Yeah, we Um, recently just had a situation in the Northeast where there was a guy that was going around to different clubs and, like, following women home and and raping them. Yeah. And they were all from 
clubs and it's it's like you just don't know who it is that you're talking to and what their plans are or and and we I mean, we would all love to hope that people have the best intentions but I think working in the industry anyone listening to this is like obviously yeah men never have the best intentions are you fucking kidding me <laughs> it's like why would you tell somebody anything yeah. and you don't know their relationship with that girl like I've had plenty of customers try to get information on oh well she told me that she was divorced is that true and if I said oh I mean I. I don't know. I mean, her husband picks her up from work every night. Mm. I might be fucking up her money. Yeah, you don't know. And that's just not what you do. You just don't fuck up somebody's money like that. You don't, like, blab somebody's personal information because you just don't know. And girls will say things to protect themselves, you know? Oh, I live in such and such place or I mm-hmm. do this during mm-hmm. the day. And you just don't need to tell anybody anybody else's business because it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's easier to just play dumb and not feed into it and then you're never – Oh, so, you know, Darby's always talking about other people. You just yeah, don't want to be yeah. that person. Well, I think that's also one of the reasons that we all use our dancer names with each other all the time. Like, mm-hmm. even in the dressing room, you're not like, I mean, generally, I would say, you're not like, oh, I'm Sapphire, but I'm actual Samantha. Yeah. Generally, you don't. Yeah. Some people do. Some people do. But I would say for the most part, people just introduce themselves as their dancer names and then you refer to them as their dancer names when you're at work because you don't want to accidentally slip up mm-hmm. and say like, oh, Samantha, I mean Sapphire. Fuck. You know? And that's the same with the bouncers. Mm-hmm. Like the bouncers only know you – like they might – I don't know if they know my real name, but they they – call you by your dancer name Mm -hmm. the managers call you by your dancer name so that there's just this general understanding that they're never going to accidentally say the wrong thing yeah if you don't bounce back and forth then you don't have to worry about it yeah yeah so i mean i think essentially in summary uh it's always about approaching with respect don't fuck with anybody's money watch and learn you know, focus on making your own money and just keeping your attitude positive. And as long as you kind of approach a situation with respect and humbleness and you act like you are there to be a part of the team, then I just don't see how it could go wrong. And then you get a great opportunity to make a lot more money and to even maybe make great, awesome friends. Yeah. And even when, you know, great, awesome great, friends. awesome friends. Uh-huh. And and that, that also means that sometimes there will be misunderstandings. Sometimes totally. people will be upset and they think that you did something. But if you have a good track record of being a polite person, it's going to work much better in your favor than if you're known for doing any of those things and then somebody thinks something and you really have like all those things working against you versus being like, that was a misunderstanding. Let's talk this out. Yeah. You know, if they don't think like, oh, well, I know her. She is a – she's a liar. She talks behind people's backs. She says all this shit. She fucks people's money. She fucks people's money. Well, if she – if I think she did this, she probably did. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk to her about it. I'm just going to attack her over it, you know? Because yeah. I know you've had that experience before and that you've just had to sit down and talk it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we were talking, but I mean, we worked it out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's over now. It, 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 it de-escalated. It de-escalated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, she doesn't work there anymore. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. That's it, folks. Thank you for our show. Thank you for our show. No, no. But you're totally right. You're totally right. And I, and I think that like – Thank you for our show. That's not what you say. Thank you for listening Thank to you our, listening to our, our show. show. No, and and just, yeah, always keeping those things in mind and understanding that you're coming into other people's home clubs and turf and established 
you know, kind of ways of doing things and trying to work within the system that already exists and and figuring out what that is. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's all good. And whether or not – I think even when you're traveling, when I travel to other clubs, I'm definitely there to make money because I'm only there for a short amount of time. Yeah. But I am also not there to piss anybody off. Yeah. It's the invisible thing. Yep. You just you, you just, just do your thing. You just blend in. Mm-hmm. You smile. You move politely out of the way. And you just keep doing your thing. Yep. 100%. Yeah, so if you guys have any etiquette uh, rules or things that you think that we missed or, you know, silly cl- silly rules or weird rules or whatever types of things that you personal. guys have, personal rules, rules. <laughs> etiquette, whatever, um, share it with us. We'd love to know and we'll do like a little update episode with people's um, additions to it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope uh- – you guys learned a little bit about etiquette. I know I did. Oh, I guess. Thank did. you. Thank you, Darby. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know what? I try my best to follow those rules. Do I always do it perfectly? No. But no. that's what it's about. Learning. Learning. And trying. <laughs> In the meantime, to soothe your aching loins, you can find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. If you'd like to email us or call us with an anecdote for an upcoming episode, check out our social media for themes we are currently researching and send your comments and stories to babesofvalhalla at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, stay stay nasty. nasty. (laughs) Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis.